Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Dark Parade. I am very pleased to be bringing you uh, another in a series of movies that could be best labeled stuff I like and therefore want to talk about, and that's what this January has become. So this episode is going to be um, a little bit out of order. I had kind of planned on this being behind the mask and that will still happen. I am not sure when that episode will come to your ears, but uh, sometime within the next you know month or so. And in the meantime, though, uh, I bumped up what was supposed to be my grand finale with Mark Ball. And that is, uh, of course, American Mary. And it's a movie, as you'll hear me say uh, here in a minute in the discussion, that I feel like got a bit of a bad rapper, or I feel like it's maligned, and maybe that's just my impression. At any rate, you guys can tell me in the comments if you feel like this is a movie that gets a bad rap, or uh, I am just a little over the moon for it, and therefore uh, a bit in the tank. But I do think it's a great movie, and I'm not going to try to convince you guys too much. I'm just going to let the discussion that Mark and I have uh, do the, the speaking for me. So without further ado, thank you as always for uh, listening to the show, and welcome once again to The Dark Parade. All right, as promised, my uh, guest with me for this episode is the one and only Mark Ball, um, who is a ball to have on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hello, Bo. Thanks. Thank you for having me back at Dark Parade. We're, we're talking about a super fucked up movie tonight, so I am I'm extremely excited. Yeah. Okay, so when we talked about this previously... You, you and I both said, like, it's been forever since I watched the movie. Yeah. And so I watched it again, and, uh, you know, we'll get into my feelings. But you were just telling me, and that's why I wanted to capture this, You, it turns out you hadn't ever seen it. Yeah, I don't know what the hell movie I was thinking of. I, I could have sworn I had seen this because, well, I mean, this movie is 10 years old this year. Which I uh, also was like, holy shit, has it been that long? It really, it felt like half that time. But yeah, this came out in 2012. So right around the time I met these uh, bunch of hooligans on this show called The Midnight Horror Show. And uh, the, I remember this was one of the early things that we talked about on the show. Like when I joined up with them and it was actually on the show. And we had, uh, I, th I think it's still floating around out there. It's an interview with Tristan Risk, who's in this movie. And it was like one of the ne next to the time we had Felissa Rose on the show. It was like the two best things probably still that I've ever done in podcasting. And it, like, I mean, I, a lot of it, I sat quietly in the the, the background or whatever. But uh, the, from that Tristan Risk interview came about the origins of the nickname Fancy, because I don't know if it was when she was on or if it was before she got there. and We brought it up again or something. But at some point of that show, I told the story about. The time I was in Vegas, like, uh, shit, this is probably five to eight years ago now, somewhere around in there. Uh, I was with my older brother, and we were there to see a concert, and it was just, like, four days of just drunken, like, shenanigans in fucking Vegas. And at some point, uh, I had packed 
like some nice dress clothes in case like we wanted to go to a you know more classy place we never end up going to any classy places in vegas in fact we went to this really shithole strip club that's up the it's like two blocks from the strip or something and uh if, 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 if rumor has it it's true this may be the strip club that tupac got shot out in front of oh all right man famous so yeah i mean in vegas like you, yeah you wander two blocks from the fucking strip and it's just like a whole different world it's like it's kind of scary but also kind of exciting so anyway we went to, we went to the strip club just blackout fucking drunk uh, we had to be on a plane at like four o'clock in the morning, or I'm pretty sure. And uh, you know, it's it's a strip club. There, there's only like two. It's like a Thursday night or something. So there's only like two strippers working. And at some point, uh, the stripper that kind of you know how they did, they like just, they they come at you from the bar or whatever. They're they're there to steal your money as quickly as possible. And they got a fair amount of ours that night. Uh, but at some point the stripper that was like hanging around me and talking to me kind of sat in my lap and uh these uh i i'd worn my my at least the 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 nice pair of pants that i had i don't know where i got these but i remember they're really expensive pair of pants and the stripper sat in my lap and uh i just hear a ripping sound and it's my my nice dress pants and they've ripped from basically the zipper like all the way to my lower back like just a giant <laughs> gaping hole covering everything that should be covered and uh i'm pretty sure like i yeah I, I sobered up very quickly stood up and was like well gotta go and walked back to the hotel with a giant gaping hole in my pants from a strip club it's like oh my god uh and so i told the story on that show and tristan risk at some point was like well that's why you don't wear your fancy slacks to the strip club <laughs> and the name I, yeah then uh the, the the nickname fancy slacks just kind of stuck around for a while so that's why if you find me online or shit it says fancy mark that's 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 the origin story there yeah i like that because uh it involves strip clubs and yep. torn pants but yep. also nothing overtly illegal no <laughs> yeah seeing me like from somebody else's point of view to be like god damn what is going on in that strip club it's like the one from the movie kind of yeah yeah uh, a gritty ass mob owned seedy as hell uh, kind of club so we'll I mean we'll get into all of this momentarily not, not the strip club stuff but um, <laughs> well I mean kind I of mean, it yeah, does come up and it's gonna come up yeah kinda you're right but I'll say to begin with when I first saw this movie I really really liked it and I felt like, uh, as the years have gone on, I've heard more and more people kind of give this movie shit for one reason or another. And I find, when I went back and revisited the movie, uh, I found I probably liked it as much or more than the first time I saw it. Right. Which is one of the reasons that, you know, I kind of want to go back and, and do this for the you know, <laughs> January, here's a bunch of movies I like uh, season. But also, coming from the perspective of having never seen this, and we'll get into ratings and stuff later, but just what was your initial reaction? Because I almost wish I could go back and watch this for the first time. Because it's really, like, fucked up, but I found it to be fucked up in the right kind of way. As weird as that sounds. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. No, this movie, this movie rocked me. Uh, I was not expecting this movie to go, and it's it, it does a lot of things really well, and it kind of had me like, uh, yeah, this got, this got a huge reaction out of me. I felt a lot of things watching this movie, and a lot of them were like unpleasant and uncomfortable, but it does that really, really well, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I, right, because it's sort of a bummer of a movie. Yeah, but also it's just done so well, and I, I might make the argument that this is the Soska sisters' best movie. I'm trying to think of other movies of theirs that I've seen. I have seen they did the See No Evil movies, right, with uh, Kane the wrestler. I think they did the sequel for sure. They did oh, okay. They did Rabid, uh, the remake I didn't of see Rabid. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of what I heard, so I didn't didn't get around to it. Too much other shit to watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, again, like everybody, everybody's got their own opinions. I don't think it came together very well. Like it, it it's not a total train wreck or nothing, but it's yeah, it's just not great. Um, right. and, and you're remaking Rabbit for God's sake, so you know that's that's a, that's a pretty unique of its time kind of movie, honestly. Yes, yes, and I mean that in a good way. I I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah, but it's also like you know it it, it kind of goes places, and not that the remake eh, it just never you know totally comes together. But um, uh, let's let's see what else have they done? There was Dead Hooker in a Trunk was was kind of their you know calling card, right? And then they did American Mary is really their first feature after Dead Hooker in a Trunk, which is super indie. Yeah. And then See No Evil 2, uh, a movie called Vendetta, which I don't think I've seen, and Rabid was their last one. And they've done a bunch of TV stuff, uh, like uh, that Elevator show that they've done. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I so, remember that. And one thing you can absolutely say about the Soska sisters is they are absolutely advocates for the genre. They love horror films. They're all about it. You know, I, I, I'm never going to impugn the good name of the Soska sisters, even if I'm not a fan of all of their work. But uh, I was a big defender of theirs after seeing this. And uh, and kind of remain so. Like, again, I don't I don't know that I would say that they their their output is great. I think they've done one really, really good movie and then a bunch of other stuff that's like, eh, it's all right, you know. See no evil two's got its moments. It's it's not a total uh, slag heap or nothing, um, but but seeing the uh, you, you know not just kind of seeing it for the first time and and the kind of shock elements of it, but and also the kind of bummer of it. But I'm curious, like, do you? I, first of all, have you heard the same shit that I've heard where people are like, you know. American Mary, that movie can go fuck itself. Or or just generally kind of negative views of the film. Or am I alone in this? Am I just hanging out with the wrong crowd? Um, not so much about this movie. I know people have kind of, uh, I don't I remember like a year or two ago, there was some controversy about the Soska sisters and kind of how they were like, I don't know, just shitty to like a few fans or something. I, I'm not really sure what the whole story is. So, like, I've, I've definitely seen a shift where I don't think they're quite so popular as they used to be. I mean, they still have, like, you know, a pretty good following of, like, pretty hardcore fans that love them. But 
um, I don't know, like among like the, the film dorks that I, I see, uh, it definitely uh, they they got they got soured on her on them in the last like couple years a little bit. But I don't know, I don't really hear a whole lot of people talking about American Mary so much, which is kind of a shame because uh, I don't know. The, the, I I have I do remember people loving it when it came out, and like the the Soska sisters were oft talked about in the horror community um but not so much lately it seems like yeah for sure so all right let's if you're new to the show here's how we're going to do this we 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 do this in five stages one we're going to talk about kind of here's what the movie's about go walk through the plot a little bit although not scene by scene we'll you know meander a bit uh then uh phase two we talk about the performances good and bad that we enjoyed Phase three is to discuss any themes in the film. Sometimes that is a a tougher discussion when the movie is pretty uh, superficial. Uh, This, on the other hand, is going to be fun. Uh, Then we will rate the movie in phase four. And then the final stage of this booster rocket of horror joy is going to be three facts that you may not know about uh, American Mary. Um, I'll give you one fact early on. The Blu-ray of this that I got said it had director's commentary on it, and it don't, and it pissed me <laughs> off. Those bastards. Yeah, yeah. The the people at uh, who who put this out? Who put out this Blu-ray? Uh, Accelerator. No idea. I guess, but at any rate, sure <laughs> enough, it says there are special features on the disc that I sure as fuck couldn't find, and I mm. looked. I was I, I was searching high and low because I, I wanted to listen to the commentary for sure but anyway uh, if, if there is a, a manufacturer of the American Mary Blu-ray listening uh, you, you owe both five bucks yeah yeah how about you <laughs> you know what keep the money just send me a, a file with the uh, director's commentary and the special features and, and we'll call it even there um, you go but alright so the movie starts with <laughs> a look at Catherine Isabel as Mary, who of course is sort of famous for ginger snaps, I guess would be the, the big thing prior to this. Oh shit. That's right. She was in ginger snaps like a decade before this movie. Uh. And, uh, has just been in a bunch of like weird, like, uh, a 30 days of night sequel called dark days. Um, what else man just a a laundry list of a movie called ogre which i've seen like a sci-fi movie called ogre uh popped up on supernatural like just as was doing her her time in the trenches and i kind of feel like she has reached somewhat of sort of horror royalty to to some degree i mean definitely in this movie she fucking earns it like how they I'm kind of surprised there wasn't ever like a sequel to this movie where they just kind of, you know, try to mm-hmm. capitalize on the name or, you know, I'm thinking of like American Psycho 2 kind of kind of deal. They didn't <laughs> right. do that to this movie. Mia Kuna steps in. <laughs> Shit, I would fucking watch that. Absolutely. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, so Catherine Isabel uh, is uh, Mary, the titular Mary of the movie, and she's a medical student. Like she's trying to become a surgeon. And when we first see her, she's, like, sewing chicken limbs together and shit. Just doing, like, practicing the craft of 
doing stitches and stuff. And uh, we also know that she's a little bit down on her luck because the telephone company calls her and is like, hey, we're about to turn your shit off. And uh, the other kind of bit of setup is that she's got this uh, teacher named Dr. Grant who is giving her some shit in class, you know, theoretically about not paying attention, but she also fires back the answer that he's looking for to let us know that she is actually a very accomplished student. Like she knows her shit. Right. And the, uh, he gives this whole bit about like, well, you know, I don't want to waste my time, Mary. He's an asshole. Like right from the get go, he's a fucking huge asshole. For, oh, a hundred percent. And he's totally picking on her. Like that, that, com- that comes up later. Lewis is like, oh, it might be seen that he was kind of picking on me. He totally is. Right. There, there's a bit in the early goings where she gets a phone call from her grandmother. Nana. From, yeah, from her Nana. And she's like, no, Nana, everything's going good. No, I don't need any money. Uh, I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Nana. And uh, uh, anyway, so she's like, look, I basically she's got to find a job that can give her some money pretty quick because things are reaching a crisis point. And she sees an ad for uh, basically it's an exotic dancer, like no touching. You're not going to get. Uh, pod or anything but you know but they give they give massages too which i was like I don't, I don't know if i've heard of that in strip club maybe that's like a back east kind of thing or something but i don't, I don't know i've never been to a strip club where they offer massages uh right yeah it, that's <laughs> that's weird um i don't know that i've ever been to a place like that but also in you know the interest of candor i have not uh, done a lot of uh, strip club uh, patronage per se. Eh, you're not mitch- not missing much, and you're much richer for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've been to two or three in my life, and every time I went, it was a bad experience for one reason or another. And I was yeah, like, they're I pretty scuzzy. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> partly that. One time I got, I just got filthy drunk in one um and and just ended up like puking in the bathroom a bunch and that was no fun classic uh, yeah yeah that seemed pretty par <laughs> for the course one time the first time i ever went to uh, a strip club was right after i turned 18 because my buddy chad that i do uh, pick six movies with he shows up at my door and is like hey you're 18 we're gonna take you to a strip club and I am, even at the uh, the wizened age of 18 at that time, I was just not real comfortable around girls. It just was, I, I hadn't had a ton of experience. Like, I'd had a girlfriend, and, you know, I wasn't a virgin or anything, but I just had no game. You know, it was just like, yeah. I, I, I had to find my girl, and then I was cool with her, but I was not great with being around just, like, naked women. <laughs> few men are it's 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 an intimidating thing a little bit <laughs> so so we go to this strip club and it's not what you would call the creme de la creme it's uh one near the the military base nearby oh man oh boy yeah the, the, i bet they make good money in there oh man there there were some c-section scars on display <laughs> some bullet wounds <laughs> 
yeah, <laughs> it was rough. And so Chad ends up buying me a lap dance. And so, the, you know, the, the stripper in question rolls up on me and is like, come on back to the lap dance room, baby. And I was like, uh, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> Can I? Can that's I? Where they steal all of your money, right? Can I say no to this? And that's when one of absolutely the ba- you should you should shop around. That, that's a little life advice. If you go to the strip club, don't you know? You shop around, find the girl that you want. Unfortunately, in this case, the bouncer laid a hand on my shoulder and said, "Is this going to be a problem?" And I was oh, like, shit. "Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> no, sir." <laughs> that's not good. So, yeah ended up having what had to be one of the most awkward lap dances for me and her you're scared (laughs) i I was just terrified i did not want to be there and i'm like so are you going to school or (laughs) (laughs) it was it was a real mess oh Um, boy but yeah anyway back to the movie (laughs) so (laughs) so she is going to this massage slash uh, strip club and I like the detail of her bringing a resume, and the guy being like, "Look, you know, you don't really." It's kind, need- of, it's kind of a MacGuffin later in the movie, and it comes back around in a really clever way, kind of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, anyway, so uh, this guy Billy Barker is the guy's name. Uh, he gets her to like massage him, and then one of the dudes comes in and is like hey we got a little bit of a problem he comes in to tell billy barker we got a problem and he's like all right we got to cut this short you got to get out of here and um he ends up af- after like reading the resume that she's given him and seeing like hey you're a surgeon and she's like yeah <laughs> you're a little overqualified for this job right but and he's like look i got uh, a little bit of an issue here can you help me out with this dude? No questions asked. And I'll give you, what is it? $5,000. Yeah. Ju- I, I need you to help me. $5,000. No questions asked. And she's like, all right, I guess. And she takes him or he takes her downstairs into this room where there's this guy who has been cut up. Yeah. They're like, we need to keep rat alive for a little while. Yeah. Do what you can. And they hand her like, a bottle of like alcohol like for like probably rubbing alcohol or something like a couple of rags or something it's like here you go yeah and it's kind of suggested that they were torturing this dude and it just went too far yep and i, I mean i kind of doubt rat is like his given christian name there's probably a reason that they're calling him that fair enough yeah you're right it's, it's pro- and it's not like a, a loving nickname like tiny or something no rat is pretty specific so uh unfortunately she can't save him. like she does what she can do but he's he's too far gone and uh mary meanwhile is consumed by the idea that like oh somebody might come for her like she has seen too much she does the the scared girl thing where she like yeah don't, locks every all five or six locks on the door uh i mean there's, there's a part where she goes to like take a shower to wash all the fucking blood off her and stuff 
and then she hides on the couch with a baseball bat, which I feel like is something. It's it's not like a white girl thing. I think it's it's something everybody does at some point in their life, like when they think there's a burglar or something. Uh, like I, I don't know. There's lots of little weird things like that in this movie that I can kind of relate to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the sort of wake of this sort of tr- very traumatic incident with her saving this dude or trying to save this dude and being unsuccessful and and realizing that she has brushed elbows with some really seedy individuals by the way ah, she's doing gangster shit right yeah like she she was a mob doctor for a few minutes there. <laughs> and then she starts getting a call from uh, a girl that we'll eventually know is beatrice is her name as played by tristan risk uh, as you mentioned and she is calling and is looking for can i speak to dr mason you know <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great impression i was gonna do mine but yours is better so now i'm not doing mine it's it's not that great like i can only do about four words before it really goes off the rails <laughs> <laughs> it's hard man like she's oh man had yeah, she almost steals the show honestly in this movie tristan risk is like such an incredible like performer and she does all kinds of stuff she's artistic she does like sides sideshow type stuff like uh yeah definitely if you're not familiar with her work like um some of her bigger stuff she's in the editor the mm-hmm. i think it's like the last astronaut six movie i'm pretty sure um fuck i'm trying she was in a movie that i didn't get a chance to see called uh amazon girls escape from prison or something <laughs> the slides that came out a couple of years ago um but i think how we first found her is she was in a really rad short film called call girl uh directed by jill six who just had a movie come out last year the year before called the stylist mm, yeah, uh, yeah. super rad uh, it also had i can't think of his name but he's the main character in the human centipede 2 um, right the little peter lorry looking dude yeah dude uh yeah call girl i i hope that's floating around on like vimeo or youtube or some shit where people can see it because that's a pretty rad little short film it's like two or three minutes and tristan risk is in it and she's great and like the this this was about yeah when we got that interview on the midnight horror shows i think right after american mary came out so um yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a fascinating character. You should definitely follow her on the, the social medias. But um, anyway, yeah, her her turn as Beatrice is amazing. I mean, she's she's I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, her whole deal is that she wants to look and sound and be like Betty Boop because that's what she feels like on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, she gets she gets a hold of Mary for reasons that I'll let you jump back into, but. Uh, yeah, Tristan Risk fucking steals the show on this thing, man. She's a, she's a covered under a shitload of makeup. She got to do the voice, uh, like even like the way, like even when she's just in the background of shots in this movie, she's still doing the Betty Boop thing and like is like clearly like studied up and it's it's this is like one of my new favorite performances in a horror movie that's come out in the last like twenty years or so. She's so fucking good in this. Yes, she ends up tracking down mary essentially um got her information from the resume yeah yeah yeah, yeah. resume uh and and was uh one of the dancers at the club or is one of the dancers at the club 
and has tracked Mary down that way and shows up at her place ultimately and what she wants is Mary to do some work on a friend of hers she's like look you know there's uh, and as you said she explains like I'm you know I'm into this body modification I've turned myself (laughs) I turned myself into Betty Poop and (laughs) (laughs) and Mary's like yeah you you did I mean you sure did yeah and she says well I've got this friend of mine named Ruby Real Girl and she wants somebody to finish her but they haven't been able to find somebody to do it and she says look I'll give you $2,000 to meet her just to show up just to show up and meet her and I'll give you $10,000 if you actually do the procedure and again, Mary, who is in a real tight financial bind, agrees to do this because she's like, well, it's two grand. I'll just show up and meet her and then we're done. And sure enough, uh, uh, she goes to meet uh, at a vet office, which I think is pretty great. It's like, <laughs> so my, my cousin's a veterinary. We could use his office after hours. Yeah. I, I, and I like the girl, um, Tessa her niece who who is the receptionist at this vet clinic don't she's be a apparently cunt. a apparently a raging cocaine addict she's like you're never happy let's say hi yeah and is kind of given beatrice and <laughs> and like ruby and this whole group shit and i like the fact that beatrice is like not having of just like like we're not a bunch of addicts you know like she's <laughs> she's like look you're just being an asshole and you know none of us like you need your blow so you're gonna shut up and take the money we're gonna give you for letting us use this office and that's gonna be it because we're not gonna (laughs) listen any more bullshit out of you right and again just all these little relationships and moments i really like in this movie and that's one of them and so we meet ruby real girl who is a woman who is trying to uh, essentially turn herself into a living doll or a human doll but her, her reasoning for it is fucking uh, this, this this scene really got to me you want to explain why she wants to become like a living doll kind of well she she starts with saying don't you think it's wrong that people can't look on the outside the way they feel on the inside uh, and she's like I'm sorry that's an unfair question here's what I want you to do is basically she she wants that kind of asexual perfection yeah she did she doesn't want to be seen as a sexual object so she essentially has like the sexy parts of her either removed or sewed up shall we say yeah god damn i was like that's a really that's a really fucking interesting kind of idea like there's a, there's a lot to unpack there kind of well, for sure and in fact when she kind of reveals to mary what she wants mary to do mary like leaves the room she's like <laughs> we wait here for one second hang on one second <laughs> and goes back to beatrice and is like is she fucking serious about this and beatrice is like it's all she wants and she's like all right i just wanted to make sure um 10 grand you say i can do it and and what 
what she wants, what Ruby wants, is to have her nipples removed and as much of her vagina sewn up and made smooth as possible. So that yeah. it's just uh, basically as small a hole as you can make that still allows her to, you know, expel urine, I guess, or whatever. And, like, I don't know if it's, like, for real stuff or if a lot of it was done with makeup effects. Because, like, Tristan Risk is made to look like she's had a shit ton of plastic surgery on her face. And they they did it all with makeup effects. Like, she doesn't really look like she does in this movie, obviously. But, like, I, I'm not so sure about this girl, like, or what to what degree. And it's not really my place to, like, comment on something like that. But... Like it's it's pretty obvious that like she's the, this character has had already you know probably and they make comments about it in the scene before too where they're like she's already spent like a billion dollars on fucking plastic surgery and like this is like maybe not like the final step in like her her transformation but it's definitely like you know toward towards the end of the race kind of deal where this is gonna make her feel like complete and there's something really just like. I don't want to say sad because like this has like become like even in the last 10 years like a lot more common of a thing where people are like you know not you know it's it's becoming I think more of an accepted thing to be like I don't feel comfortable in my skin and like the person I'm I am on the inside isn't the same person that I am on the outside there's something like you're just super fucking sad about that to me and like knowing that like for decades and decades before this people just kind of had to suffer through that shit for their whole life well now like i mean especially if you live in like hollywood or california kind of area plastic surgeons are a fucking dime a dozen including like characters kind of like mary that are operating on the outskirts and shifty fucking alleyways and dungeon basement bullshit uh but like yeah there's uh <laughs> this is really where this movie gets going for me and i it was just like holy shit this isn't just like you know, just shock value, like edgelord bullshit. Like this movie actually really has something to say. Yeah. A hundred percent. And also does a thing that I really like a movie to do, which is to give you a peek into a world that you may not be familiar with. Yeah. This and, is definitely fringe taboo type of type of subject. Like not very long ago, 10 years ago, probably even. Yeah, when the movie came out, like, I, I certainly didn't have a whole lot of familiarity with the idea of, like, body modification and things like that. And especially this kind of extreme version of body mod. And, you know, and you can draw parallels to, you know, uh, transgender issues and stuff like that. I mean, it's all about, like, I want to make my outside match the inside. Yep. And now you have the ability to do it. And especially with someone like Mary and you know as we'll get into it she is you know good at what she does she's ethical um doesn't take any bullshit for sure but you know is is sort of an if not an ally at least non-judgmental about it yeah and she's interested in interesting work i think <laughs> right right well yeah exactly like it, it it's there's something of a challenge but uh, before we get to that, the rise of Mary as a body mod surgeon. So she performs the surgery and tells Beatrice, like, hey, she's she's going to be really sore. Keep everything covered. It's going to feel like everything's stretching because it is. So just, you know, if you if if you need anything, give me a ring. But uh, don't need anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so she kind of goes back to her life as a would-be surgeon, like a you know, as a medical student. And even uh, there, you know, with with the complaints with this Doctor Grant dude, there's also the surgical resident that she's under named Doctor Walsh. The other fucking weirdo in this movie. Right. <laughs> in a movie full of weirdos. Right. And I, it's <laughs> no mistake that it's the men in this movie that are the most, like, dangerous and and creepy. Yeah. Uh, uh, because, Fuck, I, I, God damn, I didn't even thought about that. Yeah, it's like the male doctors. <laughs> it's the guy who owns the, the strip club slash massage parlor. Like, all those dudes are the ones that you have to keep an eye on. Beatrice and Ruby Real Girl, they're not going to cause any problem. They may seem weird on the outside, but they're not the creeps. Yep. And uh, so Dr. Walsh is impressed by Mary, you know, uh, as as they're doing their rounds and so forth. Like, he makes her uh, go tell a family that the diagnosis that you know they found with this husband was that he had a heart attack and so she's like okay i'll go do that and she goes in there and and tells them and they're like oh my god and she comes back out and he's like okay now i need you to go back in there and tell them that he didn't make it and you know and so mary is forced to go back and tell this family and she does it very you know professionally to the point of being kind of cold and detached about it but also how else do you do that you know um but, well, they say in that scene, they're like, "This will, this will almost become like robotic for you, basically. Like, you, you, this is a hard part of the job, but you have to learn this." And she does it like really, yeah, cold and calculated is how it describes. She doesn't really like bat an eyelash at this, and it's kind of fucking spooky. It is, but also I think there's an element of like she is she is a woman in a man's world. They are gonna throw shit at her, and she's going to she's gonna take it all. And she's going to yeah. do it as professionally as she can. And so she does. She she does this. And then when uh, she's finished, you know, just devastating a family in this room, she comes out and Dr. Walsh is like, you know, that was a quite a good job you did there. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. How would you like to come to a little party that a lot of us surgeons uh, have, you know, after hours? And she's like, all right, I'm, you know. I'm down for that being being one of the gang, sure. Yeah. And she also has received as a gift their uh, Ruby Real Girl is a fashion designer as well as a woman who wants to become a living doll and has gifted her because of the work she did and as a gesture of appreciation uh, sends her this really nice dress that she's designed just for Mary. And so Mary gets it on like she's done it up she's looking great goes to this party where sure enough dr grant is there along with dr walsh and uh dr grant then brings her a drink uh they, they're kind of chit-chatting about you know uh her her work and time in school and that kind of thing and th- then she starts to get woozy and he takes her into another room and she's raped. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a tough scene, but it also isn't exploitative. Like, none of this is intended for titillation, which is 
one problem that you can run into, especially with old exploitation mil- movies that have rape scenes, where they're yeah. like, look at her boobies. There's fucking tons of them. We've, we've covered many of them on Doing the Nasty. Yeah, and so this is very much a, like, no, this is an act of violence, and you see her kind of struggling to maintain consciousness and realizing what's going on and unable to stop it. And, I mean, it's it, it's a rough scene. But yeah, I, I think, again, thematically, this is sort of what you need. It, 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 it's, it's a huge it has a huge payoff. A couple scenes from this. It's it's a really rough watch. And uh, I, I, I knew it was coming because the description for this thing on Amazon Prime totally mentions this shit. And it doesn't happen until like 40 minutes into the fucking movie. So I knew it was coming. And it's still pretty rough, even knowing even knowing that it's in there. Like, uh, yeah, this 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 fucking scene breaks your heart because, like, even though Mary, like I said, is out, out doing gangster shit and being a fucking back alley surgeon, you've like really kind of grown to kind of like her at this point. I think, like, she's she's really kind of like stumbled her way into this like semi dark world, but like, there's there's still like enough like character motivation i mean money is it uh, like that's that's what's motivating her for like the last couple scenes and like you can understand it like she won't have to break down and borrow money from nana like right yeah she's she's doing what she has to in a like super fucked up world where the cards are stacked against her so like you you really like her up until this point and yeah knowing that this was coming i think it was almost worse well i don't know like i i can imagine if you didn't know that part was coming it's it's probably like still equally shocking but yeah oh what a fucking bummer that guys are fucking garbage (laughs) right and that's you know the worst part of all of this is like well that's it's something that happens all the time you know yeah uh, of men intentionally getting women drunk up to and including drugging them so Man, especially in like academia, this has like become more, more and more relevant every year. (laughs) Such a goddamn fucking bummer. So Mary uh, wakes up. She she gets her shit. She leaves, and um, you know it will come. We'll circle back to how she deals with this. But basically, she quits medical school, and you know she's just absolutely had it and she um decides that she's gonna go to billy barker the guy who owns the um the the strip club and uh she's like okay i'm gonna basically make a deal with them that i can use their basement and uh anyway so we'll get back to what they do in the basement, but she basically, they, they kidnap Grant, Dr. Grant. And she's like, you know, I'm here's what I'm going to do is you, you have essentially pushed me into a new line of work and I'm going to have to practice to get good at this new line of work. And so here is a book of all the shit that body modifiers ask for and uh you know it, what does she say like we're gonna be in surgery for 14 hours or something <laughs> as as i'm trying to figure all this out so you know let's get started you rapey motherfucker 
Yeah. And man, <laughs> this fucking scene. Oh boy. So, um, anyway, it, well, it will again circle back to the ultimate fate of Doctor Grant because we only see him whimpering and like understanding that he is good and and solidly fucked. He's got those big, uh, those big, or is that a later scene where he's got the big clamps that have his mouth, like, spread open? No, that's this one. Like, she she pulls his tongue out with uh, some tongs and is like, you know, well, we're going to need to do some piercing. And split tongues are really popular, so we're probably going to do that. Filing and, down your teeth. Mm-hmm. Implants. Right. Just a laundry list of shit that you would not want done to you unless you asked for it. Yep. And uh so uh, she finds out later we we leave them at, you know, we don't like I said, we don't get the payoff of this until a little bit later, but um we learn that her work with Ruby Real Girl has gotten some attention from uh the Soska sisters, as it happens, uh who play the demonic twins who run a body modification website. Uh, called abstract.me and uh, they give her a call because they're like hey we we have something that we would like to do we think the work that you've done on Ruby is fantastic and will you meet with us and uh, she's like okay and somehow I think it's in a conversation with Beatrice that she learns right around this point that Ruby has a husband as well as some boyfriends yep and uh so the demonic twins show up in the u.s from germany they meet her at the the bourbon bar where where (laughs) mary at once upon a time was going to be a dancer and um when they walk in they one of them uh french kisses the dancer on stage and then bites her tongue <laughs> Which everybody's just like, uh, like shocked, but well, uh, <laughs> I guess we're gonna tolerate this, right? We, oh, the two goth-looking girls that came in wearing latex and platform heels and that the heavy makeup and whatnot are acting a little strange, weird. And they're like walking unison too. It's yeah. like uh, it's it's spooky. <laughs> well, and so what they want is like they've brought their own assistant because they're like look there is no way that one surgeon can do this but um essentially what we want you to do is to swap our arms yep and so that we're always together in that way (laughs) which is oh like I, I feel like if I say that that's like an insane thing, like I'm probably only alienating like, you know, four out of a million people probably that would want such a thing done. So we would go ahead and say this. It's it's borderline insane. Right. But people are into people are everybody's different. People are into shit. Everybody's got their own weird kinks and all that shit. <laughs> and so. Yep. It, right. Yeah. But that's what it is. It is just you know hey will you do this thing and she's like well all right and we get uh i think it's around this point that billy barker has his dream about mary 
where yeah he's he's been lusting after her we haven't really talked about him very much but he's like kind of a you know he's he's mary's i don't know if you call him like a sidekick or something but anyway like he he's totally lusting after her and was yeah has had some like late night jerk sessions to the he's he's got security cameras all over the strip club so he's got like a video on his laptop of when mary came in and gave him a massage and he's like fantasizing over it and he's like it's just like ew dude you're like a little bit of a fucking perv actually you're a lot of bit of a perv which kind of sucks because like he's almost likable like i mean he's he's doing like dirty shit in the fucking basement like with cut people up and crazy shit but like he's i mean am i wrong is he is he a little bit likable he is the closest thing you get in this movie to a likable dude for sure. Like, okay. like he's he's definitely shady and he's a little skeevy, but he's also, in the grand scheme of things, seems to be pretty fair with Mary. And yeah. in, in, like in a weird way, I would call him more business partners than sidekick. Of like, they have a business arrangement with one another. Yeah, that 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 makes more sense. And. There is some, I think there's some mutual attraction there, but also Mary just is in no place mentally to deal with a dude that's into her. She's all business. Well, uh, yes, of course. And also, I mean, had just been raped and is, you know, slowly but surely wreaking her revenge. We'll get to that in a minute, but, you know, like. That's why Billy is kind of scared of her as well. <laughs> yep. You know, because in his fantasies, like, not only is she beautiful and dancing around him and whatnot, she's also going to open him up like a, a you know, Christmas turkey. Uh, but, uh, so, as, as, you know, her business is definitely taken off, she starts to get... Um, a little bit of friction from the police. There's a, a detective kind of sniffing around about the disappearance of Dr. Grant and is like, hey, you know, I'd kind of heard that perhaps you had some friction with him. And, and she's like, ah, you know, he was hard on me, but he was hard on everybody. It's no big deal. And later she tells Billy about this. She's like, fuck, that, you know, people are asking about Grant. What should I do? And he's like, well, you want me to take care of this problem for you? And she's like, no, no, don't make anybody else go missing right now. Because that might be a bit much of a problem. Um, and there, there's one scene that they have in um, her new studio, essentially, where uh, two things about the studio. One, she kicks out a dude that like wants a piercing or something. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. You think that's what I do? Like, I'm not wasting my time. You're so vanilla. Yeah. Kicks him out. And uh, this detective, she gets a glass that uh, uh, of water for him. And at one point, she doses it, like slips him a Mickey. But then changes her mind because the detective is like, look you know, we're starting to get some reports about Dr. Grant that maybe he had taken some liberties with some women. And, you know, were you one of those women? And she's like, no, of course not. I mean, do you have any video or anything? And he's like, no. And she's like, okay, well, then I wasn't. 
But the detective does kind of suggest, and as far as guys in the movie, maybe this is actually the best character in terms of just I mean, being like on the up besides, and up. Besides being a cop, yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's well, pretty, he probably is the the closest to being able to be a likable character. Because yeah, he, he says at some point, like he, he starts putting the pieces together, and he's like, "I I know this dude is a fucking monster, and I want you know." people to have some closure as far as all this goes but i can't help you if you don't help me kind of deal and barry is like nope not having it right like i appreciate you saying that it sounds to you like maybe he got what he deserved but also i can't tell you <laughs> what what's going on because yep. that's look, prison time yeah sure. i mean no matter how fucked up what he did was what i did was equally fucked up in a completely different way um, so, which is where we get the reveal of this after, you know, she gets kind of grilled by the cops. She goes to, uh, Dr. Grant, who is basically just a stump at this point. He's like a torso that she is keeping alive and hanging from hooks in his back, like Richard Harris and a man called Horse. And it's, he's fucked up i mean rightfully so nobody's gonna argue that this dude did not get what's coming to him but it is a heinous fate yeah he's got no limbs his entire like yeah what's left of his torso is covered in bandages and his mouth is sewn shut and i think one of his ears is missing yeah so he is just being surgically kept alive or medically kept alive so that she can continue to cut shit off of him and practice and uh while this is going down uh while she's kind of chatting with him about like maybe i should just put you out of your misery and get rid of you in walks a security guard and so now she is forced to not just kill for the sake of you know retribution she is forced to kill to hide her own crime yep and two of them she's got two corpses basically that fucking meat freezer or whatever the hell she's renting yeah yeah and yeah and she ends up you know getting rid of uh him as well um and uses a taser to to zap him when he tries to wiggle away from her after she kills the security guard um but uh billy her her you know business partner and would-be boyfriend finds out that oh like dr walsh also knew what had happened to mary and and knew about what was going on with the other girls and so billy taking matters into his own hands here kills dr walsh unbeknownst to mary nope mary is going through a real crisis of conscience here because she's like well fuck i didn't mean to kill that security guard like Dr. Grant had it coming, but he, that security guard did not. And maybe I just need to turn myself in and, you know, be done with this. And Beatrice kind of talks her out of this. Uh. And as well as like one of the other dudes, one of the heavies at the, at the club, uh, the bouncer slash guard, who's like, look, you had to do what you had to do. And, you know, what you did to Dr. Grant, that was justified and you had to protect you had to save yourself and that's why this you know guard was in the wrong place at the wrong time kind of thing yeah um 
And uh, there's also a moment where she, Mary sees this stripper kind of hanging on Billy Barker. Although she, she's not just hanging on him. She's giving him a fucking BJ in the office. Yeah. And so Mary, again, completely unable to process her feelings about anything right now, (laughs) just decides like, oh, I'm going to go kill this bitch in the bathroom. She kind of snaps. Yeah. And and, I mean, that's kind of the Frankenstein-like journey of this movie is that you are sympathetic with Mary up to a point where you're like, oh, you've just completely lost your shit and are now a dangerous individual and is like acts as if she is about to use her surgical tools to kill this woman but ends up not you know um you know kind of cuts all this short uh but billy is like look man uh you're you're starting to kind of lose your focus and your center and also the detective is all wired up because surprise surprise a second doctor involved with this shady bullshit going on at the college has gone missing and so mary's pissed off about that and also beatrice has quit the club um or or hasn't shown up so he thinks that she's she's up and quit on him yeah and so Mary's just like, all right, I'm going home. He's like, look, how about you and I just go to L.A.? Let's get the fuck away from everything that's happening, you know, here in town. Go to L.A. for a little while. Let everything calm down. And then, you know, that way you can get your shit together. I can get my shit together. And we'll see if, you know, there's anything between us, essentially. And she says, you know, I'll, I'll honestly think about it, uh, but she heads home. And once she gets home, she gets a phone call from Beatrice, who is not, in fact, blowing off her, her gig at the club. It's that Ruby's husband, uh, Ruby Real Girl's husband, has finally come home and seeing what Mary uh, has done. Yeah, which again is like a, oh boy. Like, she, she's finally exactly the way she wants to be, and her husband comes home and is just like horrified to see what Mary has done to her. And it's like, oh, it's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. And so he finds Beatrice and beats the shit out of her to get Mary's name and address. And Beatrice, God bless her, is just like crying bloody. It's like, I'm so sorry, Mary. But unfortunately, the call has come a little bit too late. Yeah. Because Mary now finds this dude at her door. And they get into a, you know, a fight. He, He ends up stabbing her in the gut. Uh, she manages to kill him by uh, slitting his throat. And I think she bites him. I thought oh, it was that's like, right. She's, she just goes straight for the jugular and rips his fucking throat out. Right, so yeah, you're right. She does bite his throat out. And yeah, so he dies, and then Mary 
like crawls into her studio slash surgical theater. <laughs> She's got to open that big ass door that like it's like a I'm not sure it's it's like. I have like closets in my house that have like those stupid folding like doors. Basically, it looks like it weighs a fucking ton, and she's just like trying. She's laying on her belly, just bleeding to death, and has to like paw it open. Kind of was like, oh my god, she's not gonna fucking make it, is she? Yeah. So she ends up dying while trying to sew herself up, and uh, you know the kind of last shot of the movie is the detective and police coming in to find her with this you know it's a scrapbook yeah of all the shit that she's done (laughs) and this undeniably vaginal wound in her gut that she is trying to stitch up uh, and has died doing that and you know everybody like the pieces all fall into place and stuff as Ave Maria plays and it's gorgeous. It's a great shot. Yeah. And and they're into the movie. That is, you know, the tale of American Mary is the journey of this girl who just gets, you know, fucked metaphorically and literally to the point that she kind of becomes a monster. And, like, she can't live. By the rules of movies, she can't survive this because she has murdered someone who is innocent. Yeah, there, there's no happy ending coming. Like, but it's still a drag because, it, like, even throughout all this insane shit, like, you're still there's a part of you because, like, they they do play back and forth kind of with Mary's morality, like from scene to scene. In some scenes, she is just like a fucking like her face is just like stone, and she is like just not there and like cutting people up like crazy but other scenes like she like feels bad about some of this shit and like questions it and she's still talking to nana all through the movie up until like there's a scene like a a couple scenes like before the very ending where uh she she's like returning a call to nana i think and doesn't get through and like leaves her a voicemail and then like there's a hard cut to her like the next day or whatever and she's deleting Nana's number out of her phone. And you're like, oh dude, are you fucking, this movie even killed Nana. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's no happy endings for basically anybody in this movie except for maybe like the bouncer or the cop. Like, you know, <laughs> that's that's about it. Uh, but yeah, holy shit, man. What, what a fucking movie. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about some of the performances here because this movie would be nothing without the the uh, actors in it. And right. Like, right off the bat, Catherine Isabel is incredible in this movie. Yep. You know? This is like a, a career-defining performance. She, she is female Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, she's, you know, <laughs> it's a little, little Sweeney Todd kind of vibes there, too, because, yeah... Uh, she she is fucking incredible in this movie. Yeah, I mean it's she runs the gamut. She's you know wounded and scared and sympathetic and funny and sexy and scary. Like it's everything you would want as an actor. Just like oh, I get to do everything in this movie. Okay. Yep. Uh, and and she just kills it. Oh my god, she is amazing in this. And I uh, her performing surgery and you know 
platform heels and whatnot. It's a little ridiculous, but also you're like, God damn, you have style, lady. Um, <laughs> um, Antonio Cupo as Billy Barker, uh, I think is very good. Like, he's a nice counterpoint to her. Like, he, he kind of starts rough and tumble, but you sort of understand his attraction to Mary and and I I agree with you. I do think that he genuinely has affection for her that isn't just you know, sexual or whatever. Like he sees kind of a kindred spirit in her. Yeah. Cause he's, I mean, the, he's around topless to totally naked chicks all day, every day. Like, I mean, the, he, he definitely sees something in Mary that's like you know, it's for that's that's his unhappy ending in this movie is that his 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 white whale got away, you know. Yeah, she she was the one. Yeah, even though she's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, and and I think the other two performances I would call out here are Paula Lindbergh as Ruby Real Girl and Tristan Risk, as we talked about as Beatrice. Um, both of whom, like, and, and Tristan Risk is really the all-star there, because uh, Paula Lindbergh isn't in it that much. I think she's very good when she is. Yeah. But as being kind of the two representatives of this body modification lifestyle, that particularly Tristan Risk, again, is like, she's so, like, fun and funny and really optimistic and sweet and you like you kind of as you're I think you're supposed to in the movie there's a point in the movie where you start to look past the fact that she looks like Betty Boop and you're just like oh she's kind of a great person yeah and and I mean the fact that she wanted to look like Betty Boop well that's whatever but you know if, if that's what makes her happy then great because Beatrice deserves to be happy because Beatrice is so a really nice person who also, you know, hilariously gives shit to her niece, but is really kind of wonderful and kind to everybody else in her life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, man, what a fucking <laughs> like I said earlier. Oh, I think it almost steals the show, even though yeah, she's only in a handful of scenes or whatever. And this is uh, maybe one of Tristan Risk's best performances. I don't know. That's, I still gotta fill. It's weird to me that I haven't seen a lot of the movies that, like, these people that we had on the fucking podcast back in the day, like, ten years later, I, I still haven't got around to seeing some of their other, their other stuff, but, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, Beatrice is great. I, I don't know who the dude is that plays the bouncer, but he has a really great scene, like, like we mentioned before, where he's just, it's like, in any other movie, this would be like a, it's just, two people sitting there talking about shit kind of scene, but really like it comes like after a cool down of like, you know, Mary doing some fucked up shit and he just sits her down and it's like, you know what? This awful thing happened to my mom like years and years ago. And if I had been like in the right place at the right time, I would have done some fucking really awful shit to the guy that did it. And like, you know, you have the opportunity now with some of the fucked up shit that you're doing to, you know, not feel that way, basically. Like, you know, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a carpe diem kind of scene. Uh, but yeah, that, that dude is great. He, he is like, 
I don't think he's like playing a character. I get the feeling that that dude is really like that. He's just the dude that the Soska sisters knew that were like, oh yeah, he's this giant bouncer looking dude, but also he's like kind of a fucking teddy bear. And like, you know, he's he, like, maybe not every strip club, but I feel like most strip clubs need a, need a dude like that. That's like, you know, not, not a creeper, a perv, but he's like doing his job and does it really well and like keeps an eye on the, the girls in the club basically. Yeah, that is uh, a guy named Twan Holiday is his name. I think he met the Soska sisters through their association with wrestling because he's a professional wrestler as oh, well. No shit. Or, or used oh, okay. to be. Did that, did some stuntman work, has done some acting, um, you know, done crew stuff. Like he's, you know, kind of a ham and egger uh, sort of dude in, in, in L.A., one would assume. Are um, the Soska sisters? This is a weird question, but are the Soska sisters Canadian? I kind of I think, forgot about that. I think they are. Uh, so a lot of these people are probably like Toronto and Vancouver, like regulars kind of deal. I'm ninety percent sure Tristan is a Canadian. Yeah, but uh, I don't know about the rest of these people. Confirmed. The Soska sisters are in fact born in uh, British Columbia. Okay, that makes sense. So. um yeah and uh yeah i i think you're right he he's got a a lot of uh a lot of presence and and has a that great scene uh anybody else you want to call out i mean the the guys who played the doctors were great but you know just at being garbage yeah they're the super villains of this movie and they 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 do it really well yeah the one guy is a fucking dick like right from the get-go and is yelling at her because her phone's going off in class and it's like debt collectors and shit that's just like a huge asshole and the other guy that like i mean doesn't like i mean he's totally an accomplice to the things that are going on at his fucking little parties basically and he's well aware of them and like is the like uh i'm not sure how you describe the character like or like if there's a if there's a name for that exactly but he he's the one that lures her in basically like mm. into the, the monster's den and uh yeah it's it's he's like all all surgeons will get a real dark sense of humor working this job it's like no dude you're you're actually just a fucking creep basically and like yeah i I don't feel too terrible and can kind of understand why billy the the strip club owner kidnaps him and like because he gets a fucking copy of the video somehow too that's another thing that he watches on his laptop later not in like a salacious way but like i think that's kind of what inspires him to go fucking kidnap this dude and beat the living fuck out of him oh, and for sure. i, I can kind of understand that especially if i was in billy's shoes and you know i'm definitely hardcore crushing on mary there's a lot of stuff about yeah the like people being protective in this movie kind of like the the bartender has a way of doing it but also billy has a way of doing it and you know i mean he did a terrible thing but like I don't know, I guess as a guy, I could kind of understand where he's coming from a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, if you're Billy and see this horrifying video, you would be like, and especially knowing that Billy is capable of some dark shit. Yep. You know, not not the craziest thing. Also, um, uh, that guy, Clay St. Thomas, is the guy who plays Dr. Walsh. Uh, big voice actor. Does a lot of okay. animated stuff. Um but yeah, it's like, again, it's not a cast that's like, you know, a lot of recognizable names, but everybody kind of brings it. 
and is is very good um which i appreciate like i i'm totally fine with a movie that has you know non-named actors if they're if they're all sort of pulling the cart the same direction you know um like nobody thinks they're above this movie which is something that can happen with kind of indie horror sometimes where it's like all right well i'm just gonna chew the scenery and um everybody here kind of understands that they're making something or at least acts as if they're making something that's a little bit above the average horror fair yeah they they all play it super straight so um all right let's let's get into themes because the that's where this movie kind of shines i think is you know it is obviously a movie about a a an independent woman um kind of running headfirst into the patriarchal structure of the school um it's about women being marginalized uh, of having to you know i mean i'm sure there was a little bit of a, a metaphor for the soska sisters of like you know sometimes you got to get a little creative if you're going to make it in a business that's largely run by men um you know that you could kind of argue uh, on a thematic level that this is a movie that is sort of about their journey as filmmakers in a largely male dominated industry like you know making movies yep and you you got to get a little weird with it but if you get weird with it people are gonna come fucking <laughs> gunning for you yeah and i and i think that's you know, uh, th- this is still fairly early on in their careers, but, um, you know, I think there is definitely an aspect of that. And the other one that I jotted down is, is this, um, the sort of the, the story of Ruby real doll, which is if a woman tries to control her body, then, that is generally frowned upon by the men who see them as property. Yes. Um, so it's, you know, kind That's of well, well said, man. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Uh, but it's kind of thematically dense. There's a lot of, a lot of ideas at work in this movie. And I mean, I don't think any of them are knee jerk man hating or anything no. it, you know uh, you can run into movies that feel a little like that uh uh black christmas 2019 yeah like you know eh, we've been over that ground but you know like this is kind of the elevated version of that of, of having that discussion of the way that men control everything and the struggle of a woman to live in that world and how you like fight against it and ultimately lose a lot of times like this is the that conversation done by people who are a little more thoughtful beyond the main part of it yep absolutely that's i i I was really interested to hear your 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 take on this because i knew i knew you'd probably put it into much better words than i can uh oh but but yeah, yeah. The, the like I said earlier in the show, there, there's a lot going on in this movie. It made me feel a lot of feels, and a lot of them were deeply uncomfortable. And parts of it made me really sad. And like I realize that's not really themes that I'm talking about. That's, that's more like a you know 
there's a, there's a difference like the emotions that a movie can like make you feel but um yeah there's <laughs> There's a, lot, there's a lot going on in this. I, 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 the, the one I, th- I think the big one that I took away is just like the things that's had to say about like not feeling comfortable in your body, basically, and like it made, you know, it. I, I think this is a, a great movie for the, you know, this is a, a pro, this is a pro body modification movie. Like it, it really, it's kind of a, a movie that's all about like your body is your own and how you choose to express yourself and also how you choose to live your life is nobody else's fucking business yeah yeah that's 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 pretty much that's kind of the long and short of it you know but there's a cost to it right because you do that and and society is going to look at you in a certain way like there's that scene where Beatrice brings the dress to Mary after she did the thing for Ruby and you know Ruby is outside school and like or not Mary is outside school and Mary's feeling very self-conscious and a little embarrassed of of Beatrice Um, and you know like Beatrice like I was saying earlier like Beatrice is a wonderful character who is nothing but like friendly and giving and kind but the first reaction everyone has to her in most society is going to be like oh my god what a freak and that's why i think beatrice is like secretly kind of one of the strongest characters of the movie other than the fact that she ended up giving up mary's name and address after somebody beat the shit out of her but Nah. Yeah, I mean, what do you? I would too. <laughs> like, I'm, I ain't above it. I'll, I'll, I'll turn coat on somebody if the pain gets uh, to a certain point. If like it's me, if it's that or death. Um, but you know, like Beatrice, it, it, but immediately calls Mary too. Is like, you know, I'm sorry I did this, but I just I couldn't take it anymore. And and so yeah, I think I, I think to your point, I think there is a lot of that in this movie of you know here is here is a woman who is living the life that she chooses the way that she chooses to do it and is kind of looked down on for it yeah also i i just remembered the great scene like when mary's you know basically her body modification business is like first taking off kind of we get like kind of the fun little montage where i think we get some real life body modification like extras that mm-hmm. come in and do fo- photo shoots like for her portfolio basically like you know there's somebody with like a split tongue and there's a chick that's had her nipples modified to look like little hearts and uh like it's kind of a great it's it's a great little montage and like you know you can kind of see it on mary's face as she's like taking pictures of these people that like she's you know really starting to enjoy her work and like these you know she's got her just got a set of clients you know it's it's not any different than you know uh you know other lines of work basically like you know tattoo artists and piercers and you know stuff like that kind of like it's it's and uh <laughs> the the last guy that comes in is the guy that i'm pretty sure i mean they they really briefly show it because i think they were maybe still trying to get an r rating on this thing but does that last dude have his fucking dick split yep and he he comes in because he was 
she she told him not to not to have sex so he went home and like apparently furiously masturbated <laughs> and got it all uh like infected and like you know inflamed and pissed off looking basically she's like i you know i thought that was implied that like you know that also meant no masturbation it means don't fucking touch it for a little while and well, yeah that, that's that's when she like finds out yeah the cop is coming over for a second she's like, you, you gotta go get out of here freak weirdo this dude's like he's in like a denim like battle fest and I think he has like the forehead implants that make it look like he's got like little stubby devil horns basically like he looks like a dude that you know would be run into like at a, like a tool show or something yeah like you know which you know I, I'm saying this in in much respect and adoration for these people I don't I don't think people that are into this sort of thing are weirdos or anything but like <laughs> she, she's like I don't want the cops seeing what the fuck I'm doing in here basically and he might you know get kind of a clue if he sees you and your inflamed split dick <laughs> that is very funny that that whole bit of, oh I didn't think you meant jerking <laughs> off I thought that was implied I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that you were that stupid but fair enough uh, yeah yeah it's and I, you know, I guess that kind of brings us to to our final thoughts on the film, and and we'll rate this this movie up. Um, as always, scale of one five, uh, half stars are allowed, not quarter stars, because we are not monsters here. Um, so I'll I will say this about American Mary. Like I said uh, in the upfront, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I remembered really responding to it and really liking it. When I went back and watched it again. I had not just the same reaction. I thought it was really, you know, kind of prescient in a lot of ways that it feels like a movie that could be made today and be just as relevant. Like all of uh, everything about this movie, all the stuff that makes this movie interesting to me is still stuff that we as a society are dealing with. I think we're a little further down the road. I think that there's a little bit more of a, a sense of acceptance for people who lead alternate lifestyle lifestyles or maybe that's just me being soft in my old age where i'm like eh, i don't give a shit what anybody does as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else god bless you know um but i yeah i it's still a movie that would, like it it kind of gut punches me at the end of the movie like i i know that Amer that mary has to die because of what she has done but I also don't want her to... I, like, I'm still rooting for her, even though that she is a murderer. You know, not just with Dr. Grant, because, you know, that dude had it coming. But yeah. uh, as far as Dr. Walsh, uh, you know, or not Dr. Walsh, but the security guard, it's like, yeah, I mean, I know that she took a life that she shouldn't have. But I, I still... You see her go through so much that even when she is kind of at her bottom and like threatening <laughs> you know strippers in the bathroom with her surgical instruments and stuff you're still like you know i i just want you to pull up on the stick and get out of this and not not completely crater yeah. uh, even though that's where the movie has to go um but i i love it i think it's a terrific movie Yep. Uh, yeah, this this movie's a ride. Uh, I <laughs> I wish I would have seen this ten years ago because I mean this this movie. Uh, yeah, ten years later, it, it feels super ahead of its time. Uh, like I said, a lot of the things that like 
not even 10 years ago, I think maybe would have seemed a lot more taboo. Like now there's, you know, 16 year olds that have Tumblr blogs dedicated to this whole, whole entire thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I realize I'm dating myself by even mentioning Tumblr, but uh, that, that aside, like, um, <laughs> I, I dug the shit out of this movie. Yeah, it definitely. It, it's got some gut punch moments. There were some scenes, there, there's some gross, gross violence in this. Like, I wouldn't really call this like a super bloody movie, but like when, when this movie goes for the violence and goes for the scalpel, uh, it's pretty fucked up and pretty gruesome. So there, there was a couple times where I was definitely shouting at my TV last night. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I like a movie that gets a visceral reaction out of me like this one did. There's, there's a lot of stuff that like just like, either knocked me over emotionally or like was so fucking gross and just so morbid that like I you know <laughs> I'd be screaming at my fucking TV while it's playing so yeah I, I, I dug this a lot I, I wish I would have seen this a long time ago alright well let's rate it then I am going to uh, give this movie uh, I, this is, I think a four and a half out of five for me. I really like it. I think I, I've got a minor quibbles with some of the third act stuff. I think things get a little loosey goosey narratively, but yeah. other than that, I just like, I think Catherine Isabel is so good in it. I think Tristan risk is so good in it. I think what the movie has to say is, you know, important and well said and, I, I just kind of love it. I think it's terrific. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'd give this... I, this is a solid four out of five. And really, like, I don't... I can't really pinpoint any, like, major gripes with this movie. Like, why why this isn't, like, a solid five out of five. Uh, I, I don't know. Mostly because it's, it's hard subject matter. Like, this isn't something I can just throw on, like, any time and just be, like... And, like, this is kind of a movie you gotta, like, I don't know like prepare yourself a little bit for because it goes to some like really fucking dark places for sure for sure yeah it's not like hey we're having a party everybody let's gather around and watch american <laughs> mary double uh, feature this with like irreversible or something right yeah no we're all gonna feel totally shitty after this movie's <laughs> over but uh i think you're gonna really learn something um all right well let, let's do uh some some information that you may or may not know three facts uh, about American Mary that listeners may not be privy to. One um, is maybe this little bit of a cheat, so I'm probably going to do four. But the first one is um, every special effect in this movie is practical. It is a movie that the Soska sisters uh, wanted to do practically, and they sure as hell did. And I think it's uh, much appreciated. I think that's great. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean, I mean there's, there's nothing really in this that's like too fantastical that you couldn't like like a lot of the makeup effects are just like probably little pieces like we need a couple shots where like she's slicing into a boob so make us a a latex boob that we can cut into that like bleeds and shit like they're probably like yeah that's uh, like i I don't think this thing had like a probably super monster makeup effects budget even though there's some grisly shit like well even like sewing up the chickens in the opening scene is like uh, it, it's it's kind of gross, and it was probably like a five dollar effect kind of. So <laughs> yeah, I mean they 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 they, I, they they worked with their low budget really well on this thing, and like I got a lot of mileage out of little tiny pieces. 
Um, number, eh, let's call this number one. Well, the, the special effects is just a bonus. Um, number one, the character of Mary Mason, a.k.a. American Mary, um, was written by the Soska sisters with Catherine Isabel in mind. Uh, they wanted her to do the movie after all three of them, the Soska sisters and uh, Catherine Isabel, had worked together as extras on Josie and the Pussycats in 2001. Wow, that's uh, I, I haven't seen that one. I haven't even thought about that movie in a great long time. But uh, yeah, I remember that. Fuck, I should maybe I should go back and watch that and be like, oh, there's the Soskas. They're extras. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy that in a weird way, Josie and the Pussycats is a the origin of this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and now I gotta go back and watch that movie and be like, there are parallels between Josie and the Pussycats and American Mary. They're the same film. <laughs> Number two, the Soska sisters' parents remortgaged their house to raise money to finance this movie. And for that uh, contribution, both of their parents uh, do cameo in this movie. Huh. I wonder who their parents play. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't have that information in front of me, but... Uh, I bet on a rewatch it would probably be fairly obvious, because that's probably something super innocuous. Like, I'm sure they didn't want to... <laughs> I don't know, depending on what kind of parents they have. Maybe maybe they're down with being in a scene where they get, like, blood thrown on them or something. But, yeah, I bet they're... I bet, I bet it's like they're, like, you know, store clerk or some shit. It's, it's probably something super super safe sure somebody in the hospital <laughs> something like that yeah uh, uh and the third and last thing you uh, probably don't know about american mary and it's the thing i like most the bit of trivia is that uh, ave maria is used three times in the movie and the first time it is uh very amateurish it is with played with fewer instruments uh, halfway through the movie, roughly, it is played again with a more complex arrangement. And then the final time is, of course, at the end of the film, where you hear the full, you know, the gorgeous version of Ave Maria. It is done this way to represent the growing skill Mary has as a surgeon. And so that every time you hear it played, she is a little bit better at her job. That is cool as hell. That That is... A awesome little detail I, I love stuff yeah, or like yeah whoever I'm not sure who did the score on this movie but yeah the, that piece is a big part of the, the score but also there's you know like uh, some interstitial stuff between that kind of where it's one of the scores that doesn't like really call attention to itself and like is only there when it's needed kind of which I think is always an interesting balancing act because I've, I've written music for a couple of my friends like you know youtube short films or whatever and there's always the temptation to just like jam pack as much of your fucking sound and music into the thing as possible but there's a real art to like limiting yourself and only putting stuff in as needed and yeah that, that I, I can't remember another movie that did something like along those lines that, that, that is a cool little fact yeah uh peter allen is the guy's name who did the movie for this i mean he's done a, a million things a lot of uh a, a lot of family movies and horror movies kind of a you know i would uh, i with w i am putting no 
uh, judgment on on this, but kind of that B level music composer of right. like he's not a Hans Zimmer or something, but the guy is has been working steadily for about the past eh, twenty years. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So you know, eh, that ain't nothing. Um, but anyway, all right. So that is American Mary. Uh, again, it is a movie that I full throatedly recommend. If you've never seen American Mary, and you absolutely should watch it. Like even with us describing it, this is a movie that will genuinely, I think, takes you on kind of an emotional journey uh, with this character that is like is occasionally very funny. Sometimes it's really shocking sometimes it's really sad it's it's terrific it's just a great movie agreed this is uh yeah this is a strong recommend if you're in the mood for something like fairly dark and morbid and kind of fucked up (laughs) especially you know the the assault on the school yeah this this is you know this has almost every trigger warning of things that like are going to make you super uncomfortable that that's this movie so uh, yeah, I, 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 as I say often, I salute the balls on this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark, look, it's always a pleasure. I, I love having you come on and do this stuff. Uh, I, we have a good time. And uh, it is important to me that other people find out where they can hear more of you, which is sadly not not a lot of places. I I look at the Dark Parade as like one of the, the main thoroughfares of of mark ball entertainment at this point yeah absolutely well and i also make you know pretty frequent stops over on uh fellow legion show the psycho semantic cast with darren wilson we we do we've been doing once a month uh comic book movies over on there we did judge dread at the end of december that popped up on there not the sylvester stallone one we did the 2012 carl urban one yeah the good one which was a lot of fun uh, but yeah, my my other once a month show uh, it's uh, going into this is the third year. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure this is the third year. No, maybe it's the second. I forget. Season two of Doing the Nasty. It's the show that I do with Duncan over from Podcast Under the Stairs. It's about the video nasties. Um, it's been, it's been a wild ride. We've watched some fucking crazy shit on that show, and it's kind of all all over the place. Like these movies that were banned by the British Board of Film Classification in the eighties. Like these were movies that were going to corrupt your morals and corrupt your children. Hide your kids, hide your wife. They're they're doing nasty nasty videos out here. Um, but go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go check that out. It's on the, the Teaputs Collective. I think if you just go to teaputscast.com, there is the podcast under the stairs and all, all, all the great side shows, including Opera Omnia, which you guys just wrapped up the David Fincher series, right? Almost, almost. We've got one more to go. We, we, ah, we haven't damn. done Mank yet. Fincher did a lot of movies, I didn't realize, especially considering he's only been, when did Alien 3 come out? Like 90 two or something yeah and then all the music videos before that like we didn't talk about the music videos but he did a, a oh, show yeah he, well yeah 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 but yeah his, his features that you guys covered on opera Omnia, i didn't realize fincher had made so many movies but uh yeah i i, I got some catching up to do on that series because i liked a couple of those episodes a lot and fincher's a interesting cat but um 
yeah, that, that that's about it for me, at least for the time being. I, I'm kind of uh, I'm skating along, being podcast golden guest star here for a while, and I, I I love being on other people's shows. You know, stopping by and getting to bullshit with people for a little, little bit of time. Uh, just to confirm, Alien Three was '92, which means uh, 30 years now. David Fincher has been making movies. He's he's, he's made. Uh, I want to say mostly bangers, but uh, I'm I'm I'm, think, I'm thinking back and I'm like, wait a minute, no, he, he had to have made a couple shitty movies. He had to have. I mean, Curious Case of Benjamin Button ain't that great. Let's okay. let's be honest with one another. <laughs> There's that one, yeah, and which I I've not seen, but I I've heard things, and I'm just like, nope, I, I could probably skip that one. Yeah, the game is kind of missable. Like that's not one you have to see. But it's right. surprisingly consistent. Like, of you know, that being said, those two I I would leave out. But everything else he's done is like, eh, it's pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Um, and Panic Room, son, Panic Room is where it's at. I haven't seen Panic Room since it came out. Same with the game. Like, I I have seen them, but goddamn, that's been it feels like a long time now. Oh man, nah, uh, Panic Room is well worth your time to go back to. It's, it's very good. I think um, it's on Prime, so yeah, I, mean, I might have to go back and watch that one again. Definitely. You absolutely should, for no other reason than seeing Jared Leto get fucked up in that movie. That's oh, shit, I forgot he's in that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, you'll forget, and Dwight Yoakam is a revelation as a, a wonderful villain in that film. Anyway, uh, enough <laughs> of that. Go check that out. Opera <laughs> Omnia. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks again, man, and uh, I'll be right back to close the show. So there you have it. There is my discussion with Mark Ball. I think that was a really good discussion. Uh, I do think that we brought out what makes the movie kind of work for us and kind of special for us, and I really do love this movie. I think it's it's great. It's, as Mark said, it is not a movie you want to show just anyone uh in your rolodex but it is a terrific film and if you have a differing opinion you can of course uh drop me a line at bo bo at legionpodcasts.com and uh let me know why you think that we got it wrong or if you uh if you think we got it right then uh say that too as ever i appreciate everyone sharing the show, listening to the show, downloading the show, leaving reviews for the show. If you haven't done any of those things, if you would, I would really appreciate it. Uh, we have been steadily climbing in listenership, uh, as we've been going, which is terrific. And I, again, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the stuff we do. There is more stuff that is coming. I promise. In fact, this very month is probably going to have a couple of special episodes that you either haven't heard or haven't heard in a while. Uh, we'll see how all that shakes out. So thank you so, so much for listening. Drop me a line. Let me know what we can do here on uh, the dark parade. Uh, if there is something that you would like to hear now that, uh, my personal request month, the, the stuff I wanted to talk about in January is wrapping up. February is kind of a listener request month. Um, so I don't know that all the slots are filled uh, as you listen to this episode. So again, feel free to drop me a line. You can do so uh, on Twitter at Dark Parade Pod. You can also do that on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Dark Parade Pod. 
And uh, you can also email me at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. I think that's it for now. And as always, thank you so much for joining the Dark Parade. We'll see you next time.